to the Pathfinders podcast with me, Sajid Man. And me, Johnny Clarizzi. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Today on episode four, it's about the representation of disabled people in movies and in the theatre and other forms of media that we'll cover during this episode. So enjoy, relax, and uh, here we go. Um, But Sanjeev, I want to ask you first, what is the movie that inspires you or that you really like and... I don't know, I just spoke to you in some way. My favourite movies. Um, I go to see quite a lot of movies, but I'd say my, my top yeah. ones is... Probably Inception is definitely up there. I like confusing films. That is a um, confusing film. <laughs> you need to watch it a few times to get it. And so, like, I just like a lot of films generally. I think it's because I've watched so many. So, yeah. What about you? What would you say to the um about the new Batman movie? Because that was oh, yeah. quite good. That's a good one. So that and the Joker I loved. Um oh yeah. I just like how like I like how dark it is. Um, yeah. And I feel like DC and Marvel have kind of they know their strengths now. So I feel like Marvel is good at the storytelling and like the MCU, whereas uh DC are better at sort of dark um, like Joker Batman type things yeah I mean and I, I, there's so many series that but both Marvel and DC are working on like yeah. Marvel is like the Disney channel is just so much Marvel stuff and I have to admit I don't know if you've seen um, Moon Knight but that is that is really good I've it's really on enjoyed my, that it's on my list I've seen Loki though and I've seen WandaVision I've started watching Loki, yeah. Loki's amazing. That's quite interesting. I love, like, the whole multiverse thing, so, like, I yeah. really love, like, the new Doctor Strange is good as well. But like, you think about Loki and you think about Joker, like, I love the development of these kind of villains, like, yeah, it's I like more interesting. Yeah, I like Sometimes, like, superheroes are just a bit boring because, like, they're always the good guys, so it's quite cool that we're actually seeing films from the other perspective, like, recently, because that wasn't really a thing. I feel like... Like yeah, 20, 20 years ago. No, it wasn't. It's changed. And anyway, onto my list of movies. Um, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly with Clint Eastwood. It, it's a it's a brilliant spaghetti western. Um, but I also love, you know, gangster movies. Being Italian, you know, Goodfellas. Yeah. Uh, Godfather, all of them. You know, I seen Godfather for the first time about a month ago. Yeah, what did you think? I went to the cinema. I was on the cinema and it was amazing. I need to watch the second one. Yeah, it's a brilliant story. Um, so deep and like quite accurate in some areas. Some areas not so much, but there's another gangster movie called uh, Bronx Tale from about mm. 94 with De Niro and a few other actors, uh, which is really interesting. The Bronx being a part of New York, yeah. full of, of gangs. Or mafia, um, but yeah, I'm a big fan of like Martin Scorsese movies. Yeah, obviously Tarantino as well. Oh, Tarantino movies like Reservoir Dogs and stuff. I love them. Yeah, they're, they're timeless. 
and you can watch them again and again. Yeah, Pulp Fiction as well, obviously, is a, a, like a, a pop culture sort of classic, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, um, to those of you listening, um, you know, we're going to have a chat about how disabled people are portrayed in movies and our own role models. Um, personally, um, I don't have many disabled role models um, that inspired me to start a YouTube channel or a Twitch channel. Yeah. Um, maybe nowadays there's more um, disabled people in the industry, but yeah. I have a lot of able-bodied role models, which is strange now I think about it. What about you? Yeah, I think it's like the reason we've got role models that aren't disabled is because we didn't grow up with the people like role models that are disabled. Yeah. Like I feel like I didn't really see anybody like kind of like me doing being a music producer or in the media or on telly and stuff. Like the only guy I remember was Ade Depitano. Yeah. Um, and he had that basketball show called I think it was called Desperados. Oh, yeah. It was about like a wheelchair basketball team. That's the only thing I remember. And I loved that. And there was also like one book I remember reading when I was younger called Wheels, which I really liked. But apart from those two, like I never really saw anybody like, like kind of disabled or anything. Yeah, I mean, in terms of on the TV and stuff, mm. um, not really, no. It's better now, um, though, obviously, because like the Paralympics yeah. and Channel 4. Yeah, nowadays it's changed. Um, still a, a way to go, I would say, with mm-hmm. the amount of actors in disabled ro- in roles in movies who yeah. are disabled. Um, that used to, I think that really needs improving, just the fact that actual disabled people playing actual disabled characters. Um, yeah. I think that's a problem, like, um, with theory of everything. Obviously, um, yeah. I can't remember the guy who played them, but... Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, that's it. He did an amazing job, but and I kind of get that, like, because he was younger when he couldn't walk. Yeah. But I feel like they could have got a different actor for when he was older that could that was actually disabled. Oh, for sure. I mean, that was a great movie. Don't yeah, get me wrong, great. but mm-hmm. I totally agree. They could have found a disabled actor to make it more real. And um, there's another movie. Um, yeah, Rain Man with with uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah, I think I don't know if you've seen that, but um, yeah, I've seen that. D- Dustin Hoffman, he plays an autistic guy, and yeah, that um, he did that very well. But still, you feel like it's a bit, it's bordering on um, like I wouldn't say it's offensive, but like I don't know. Like I'd rather see someone yeah. who understands. Who maybe suffers with a condition. And also giving disabled people the opportunity to be actors, sort of thing. Like another yeah. film is called Is the Upside, what a lot of people may have seen. Yeah, that's a top movie. Um, and it's a good movie. And I think it's Brian Crast- Cranston that plays like a, a disabled person. Yeah. But even like that, I feel like there's so many disabled actors out there that would have like the chance to be in a big blockbuster. Like that should have been a disabled person. Yeah, and though you do see these characters um, in movies more and more, yeah, I feel like um, I don't know. It's a bit unfair when they just choose an able-bodied actor. Yeah, it is acting at the end of the day, but 
it's not realistic. What do you think about the how the certain people are generally portrayed? Like for me, I just feel like it's sort of portrayed as if they should feel sorry for us or that our life like isn't worth living. I don't know what you think about that. No, I totally agree. Like that we're vulnerable or we suffer mm-hmm. all the time, which is not always the case. It's not the case. And um mm-hmm. yeah, it's always like the typical characters that disabled people do play and that they're never the main character or if they are it's all always about their struggles which is yeah it's educational on some level Mm -hmm. but it's a bit like typical yeah i feel like um it it doesn't help society's view of the same people either if we're portrayed like in a sort of cowardly way or in a way that when they think our life is just boring and stuff like that. But I suppose it's getting a bit like it's better, it's in a better place than it was, say, 20 years ago. Um, and I feel like obviously we're part of that. What we do on our platforms, mm-hmm. it only gives other disabled people role models. But yeah, there is certainly more disabled role models these days. And um, speaking of which, Liz Carr recently won the award for Best Supporting Actress in the theatre production of The Normal Heart at the Oliver Awards. Yeah, that was um, good to see. Yeah, that was brilliant. And um, I haven't actually seen it. I have to get, get around to seeing it. But um, Me too. she's campaigning for um, uh, separate performances reserved for those who want to wear masks. This yeah. was during the more serious times of COVID. Um, and I see the point. Like, But, for example... Me and you would probably go cinema more than the theatre. Um, yeah. From the cinema point of view, do you think that that's a good idea? Separate viewings for the, those who want to wear masks? Yeah, like, I don't see why they can't do it. Like, I suppose it depends on the cinema, but if it's, like, a small cinema, I can see why it's, like, it might be difficult. But it, would be, it wouldn't be an issue just because, like, it just, it's getting more people in the door as well. And also, if it's making people more comfortable, then... Um, like, I don't think I would really be that bothered, but obviously I know there is people in situations that are. Um, but yeah, I don't see there any harm in like doing that if if they can. I suppose. I mean, I, I wouldn't wear, wouldn't want to wear a mask in the cinema yeah, or in a theatre just because it's more hassle for me. But in terms of accessibility, like, have you ever been to a theatre? I went to Bend at Lake Beckham. Well, my mum and in London, um, and the other one, Lion King. Yeah, I've seen that. That's brilliant. There's only two that I've been to. How are you? I've been to Lion King. I've been to Rock of Ages. I've been to mm, nice. a few others. The only one that wasn't very accessible was uh, Stomp. But they did that. That's they do that at a few different theatres. I think. Or maybe it's not not in the theatre anymore. But most of the shows I've been to, there's either a side entrance or a, a ramp they get for you. Uh, but once you're in, most of them are okay. Some, of course, they're listed buildings. Yeah, Some are just thing. very difficult. But you're normally on the ground floor. Um, and the views haven't been too bad. When I went to see Ben at like Beckham, like, the view wasn't the greatest. I, like, it was quite hard to see, like half the stage 
to be honest. But like I could see enough, but that was a bit annoying, to be honest. Yeah. But one thing that um it's always kind of theaters, but one thing that annoys me is a lack of accessible sort of small independent venues. Yeah. For example, like in Glasgow, there's only there's only a handful, there's five or six that are accessible. So I'm actually I'm doing a a BBC social video just to kind of highlight that. So I'm hoping that'll make a difference. And there's actually this venue called Barrowlands in Glasgow. Oh, yeah. And it's like one of the most known venues here. Um, and it's listed so that there's no lift or anything. Um, but I'm hoping like this will change. And I also think that like the there should be also it's hard for venues to find the money and stuff like that, especially for smaller ones. So I do think there should be like some sort of government funding. No, there should be. I mean, it's only fair because mm-hmm. theatre I feel like it's a bit um, inaccessible yeah. from some levels because um, you look at the, the physical side of it and it can be difficult. Like some stages just aren't accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I mean, there is a local theatre near me that accommodates disabled people mm-hmm. um, in theatre performances, um, oh, which cool. is great to see. Um, that's really cool actually that's cool I think the yeah, more and the more like people get involved the better sort of thing yeah for sure um, but I want to talk about like your own experiences like at school any school plays you were in or that you couldn't get in because of accessibility yeah and to be honest like kind of like PE uh, drama was something that I just sort of avoided because I just never thought it would be accessible and like yeah I just kind of avoided it because I didn't think that it would be accessible I didn't think that like obviously because I've never really seen to say what actors so that didn't really help me to think that that I could do it I suppose so yeah I was never part yeah. of any drama groups or even music groups or anything at school I just sort of avoided but it do you feel like you like if you wanted to <laughs> they would have made exceptions or is it just you didn't want to? No, I think it was more my own thoughts because, like, we were talking yeah. about role models. I feel like th- that's the main yeah. one. But I feel like, like, like they had a lift to the stage and I feel like they would have incorporated me. But I feel like it was just kind of my view yeah. that, oh, it's not any point because not as if I'll be able to do it type thing. Um, so what about you? Yeah, no, I mean, I was quite shy. I didn't really... It didn't interest me, to be honest. Our stage was accessible at secondary school. Yeah. Uh, but I never went in any drama performances as such. At primary school, I did a few because you were encouraged to, you know, like yeah. in like year three or something, I played the drums in like a school play, like like just bongo drums, uh, which was brilliant, great fun. But and one play I was like, one of the, I was one of the like, not main characters, but like one of the characters in the play. And um, I was driving like down, it's quite funny actually, driving down like the main aisle of the hall and my wheel got stuck on the music teacher's music stand <laughs> and I was dragging it behind me as I went up to the stage. And I didn't realize 
and she lost all her music notes all over the floor. And it was just quite embarrassing, quite funny now I look at it. But like after that, I didn't really want to cause a scene like that. I felt like I didn't feel like I was in the way, but like I knew drama wasn't for me in that sense. I mean, talking in front of a camera and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's a bit different. Yeah, I feel like I was quite shy at school like like that. And I didn't really get confidence until um until like I went to uni and stuff. That's kind of where I got my, a lot of my confidence. Um true for a lot of people. The next the next um section of the whole this whole debate is on um disabled representation within video games. Um yeah. I want to ask you first. Is there many disabled characters in video games you can think of? Um, no, I can't really think of any at all. Like from when, because I, I I do play. Well, I've not played games in a while, but it, it was never like. Nah, I can't think of any at all. I would say Lester from, from Grand Theft Auto, but yeah, that's, that's like a good very... one, I suppose. I'm sure there has been like people in wheelchairs in shows, but it might have been like in video games, sorry. I would it love might have to been see... like random. Yeah, like a random character, but I'd love to see like a, a disabled playable character. Yeah, and like GTA. That'd, That'd be, be so cool, like going your <laughs> That'd be so cool. Like but I feel like the technology of games, I feel like it wouldn't be like it's it so wouldn't easy. be that hard to to like no. incorporate like a playable section or whatever, or even like, yeah, I don't think it'd be hard to kind of fit it in somehow. Like if they actually like if they tried to do it, um, but I've considered this like in terms of like disabled sports, even like powerchair football, mm-hmm. uh, wheelchair basketball. They could easily make video games for all those. Yeah, that would be and so. That, cool. that could be another way in. That would be cool, even for if it was like a like I like a wheelchair rugby basketball football type game. Yeah, I think EA could sort could sort something out. So obviously if they have like <laughs> they already have the Olympic games, so I don't see why they couldn't do a Paralympic game. Yeah, EA, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> from a personal point of view, are there games that you stay away from because of the physical side, or like like VR, for example? Yeah, um, do you stay away from that? Because I certainly do. Yeah, I feel like generally with games, um, it's a lot better with the new PlayStation. There's oh, yeah. a lot more. There's a lot more settings that you can change, like change your buttons and um, like kind of re um, reconfigure your buttons. But I do think like generally PC gaming's probably good for that, even though. As usual, anything to do with that is expensive. Like anything to do with it, adaptation as as you yeah, probably it's more, know, it's always a fortune. There's more you can change. And there's adapt. More you, yeah, there's more you can change, but it just costs so much money unless you've got funding. It does. Um, that is true. But yeah, like in terms of VR, yeah, I think the only reason I would do it is if like I could use the controller at the same time, which I don't know if you can, but. Yeah, I don't know what you think about that. It depends what type of VR experience it is. I mean, 
where it means moving around is obviously a bit more difficult. Yeah. Um, and I do pick and choose games based on like the physical strain, like yeah, FIFA is fairly simple. Racing games, uh, you know, first person shooters. Yeah. But then again, my my finger reactions have slowed down. So I struggle a bit, but I still manage with like Call of Duty, but I don't play it as much as I used to. Yeah, I kind um, of struggle with that and like for the reactions and stuff, but yeah, I mean there's there's certain ways around it, like you said. But I don't see it as a big issue. There's certainly people out there that are willing companies out there that do customize controllers for disabled people that I've heard of over the years. So if you are struggling in that sense, there are ways you can get assistance and figure out how to play your favorite games. Yeah, there's definitely like ways um, to get switches. Um, there's a company though that I know um, based in England and they like specialize in it. That might be. I can't remember the name of it, but we can like link it in the description. Oh, for sure, yeah. Because I will, I will remember that eventually. Um, but yeah, like, I think there are some games that, um, well, I suppose like FIFA has that option on it now called Two Button, which is so helpful for me. Yeah. Like the days that I'm tired, I can just use Two Buttons, which is good. Yeah, I mean. Well, it's like sneaking into the mainstream now, which is good. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly going to, there'll probably be a game that comes out with a disabled character soon. Now that we've said it, ironically, um, I hope so. I mean, role models through video games quite key because video games, they're escapism, much like movies are. Like I mentioned about movies, they help you escape from the real world. And and in some cases, they they teach you something new or they give you a different perspective. Yeah. And people need that, I think. Because like we said about disabled people, too much is the same thing that's portrayed in movies and series uh, featuring disabled people. And we want to try and see different roles, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, heroes and villains and, you know, more complex characters. Especially with, like, I feel like with children playing games and film, but that's how they learn. And I feel like, the main problem is like it's sort of understanding and education from when you're like you're a kid. Because I feel like that's when you go up um think they have a certain view of something. So I think like if kids are playing video games with the same characters, that makes a difference. Um but I just remembered what I was gonna say earlier about representation. Um and I think we, we were talking about it the other day about because we went to like mainstream schools. Yeah. Um, and I think that makes a big difference because I feel like the people in my class now understand, like, and always will understand now. I don't know what you think about that. Oh, yeah. Certainly the people I met, thanks to me, they understand mm-hmm. disabilities a lot more and things like that. But there's a lot of people who, um, there's a lot of people who don't meet a disabled person until later on in their life mm-hmm. and they don't know how to approach the situation which is, is no fault of their own but like we said representation 
in different genres can help that. Like, I mean, in different uh, forms of media, it can help break down those barriers, I think. Yeah, definitely right. I mean, I'm quite hopeful that in the future there'll be more barriers broken down and to prevent, like, stereotypes and um, assumptions, really, because people do jump to conclusions. No, people assume, like, that everyone has the same issues and suffers with the same problems, but they're all unique. Sort of making people aware of that, isn't that is the main one? But, yeah, I'm at the end of all my notes, <laughs> so that is a sign. That must be a sign that it's, <laughs> it's time to end. <laughs> that, was a, that was an epic one, actually. I enjoyed that. Me too. And um, I want to thank you guys for joining us on these podcasts. Episode four. Um, we'll see you on episode five. Until then, take it easy. And we'll see you soon. See you later, guys. Peace. Welcome to the Pathfinders podcast with me, Sajid Man. And me, Gianluca Larisi.